0: Well, um, man, I needed this morning's worship. I, I, I don't know about you, but it's not that I came in discouraged, but just anyone ever feel a little bit just sort of weary? Am I talking to anybody in the room or or watching online? Um, but we just want to bless you. Come on, someone say, we just want to bless you. We just want to bless those watching, and um, my goodness. Hmm. Before we go any further, if you could throw up that slide for me of, uh, and uh, get the, the cameras working, Jay, or the macro off. Um, yeah, thank you for that slide. If you want to just scan that, um, if you're watching online, you can find the link in the description of both Facebook and YouTube where you're able to get the teaching notes for today um, and various helpful material. You can give online, submit a prayer request. been really been getting several prayer requests. How many know we're in a fight? How many thankful we serve and are on the winning team? Jesus is King and Lord over over all that we face. Amen. And that's what this morning's corporate worship really did for me was it uh, strengthened my inner man how many feel strengthened just in the presence of God with the people of God Um, we just want to give him praise and so thank you for those who submit a connect card a prayer request those who give online and in this room we have baskets um, at the back and just want to say thank you for your faithfulness well, this, this morning, I still don't feel clear to just launch into a new sermon series. I remember I gave the vision a few weeks ago, and then many people got sick. I am stalling, not because you aren't worthy of a sermon series. As I just feel in my heart, it's not time yet. I feel like maybe our year together will sort of begin in February. <laughs> Anyone know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and so I'm just going to share some overflow thoughts. The Lord, praise God, the Lord was speaking to me this week. Um, uh, he's so faithful to communicate his heart to us if we'll just spend time with him. But I am so aware that many, many people maybe feel distant from God. They're weary from sickness. They're weary from having to take care of uh, a relative, a son or daughter, a, a spouse, a parent. Um, they're, they're weary from... Uh, they're Netflix binging. They're like, there's got to be more to life than this and my quarantining. Um, and so I just want to just share some overflow thoughts today. Uh, I've been so nurtured and, and uh, fed through the gospel of Luke this week. So open up your Bibles to Luke chapter nine. And again, if you get that screen, you can download um, the, the, the full on notes that I have in front of my face. You can see yourself um, And so Luke chapter nine, and what I'm going to do is, is, is it may feel, well, I won't say that because then you'll actually think it is. I'm just going to share a few brief thoughts about each Jesus story. All in favor, say amen. amen. And I see in Luke, there's these principles that I think will touch you and will touch me, whether you came in here soaring on cloud nine or you're at home battling a fever or whatever, and you're feeling discouraged and in the gutter. How many are thankful for the grace of God it can find us in our highest highs and it can scoop us up in our lowest of lows. And so Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, just for our spiritual family in this room and those who are watching online that you would strengthen them, you would bless and nurture them, you would surround them with your angels, you would release your power and your provision over their life. In Jesus' name, amen. So three back-to-back stories, principles, and then I'll pray and send us out. So the context of this passage is starting with verse one. Jesus called the 12 disciples together, and he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So they set out and they went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. How many are at least clear on what Jesus sent the disciples out to do? Raise your hand or give me a thumbs up. Heal the sick, proclaim the kingdom, speak the good news, Go where you're welcomed. When you're not welcomed, go to the next house, go to the next town, go to the next village. So Jesus puts on his disciples the anointing and the authority to carry out their, his shared mission with them, not in their own strength, but the, 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 in the strength and the anointing of Jesus Christ himself. And so they go out and they, they apparently have some fruit they have some success, because if you go on in verse 10, when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with them, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. And here's what I want to say, is that many, um, you know, <clears throat> anyone here ever been on a mission trip? Raise your hand. Anyone done something where they've gone out, or they've, they've, they've served... Uh, you know, the poor, or they've done something that has that required mental and physical and spiritual energy. Just raise your hand. A prayer meeting and all, whatever it is. Usually, you want to go after that exertion of, of mental and physical and spiritual strength. You want to go rest. Amen. Am I the only one? That's why in Sunday afternoons are for naps. Come on, somebody, preach the gospel. Someone say, Amen. You know, you know except for when the Chiefs beat the Steelers today. I just had to say it, because Israel's here, and I, I, I was just told they had a playoff game. I'm a huge fan, but I had no idea they were playing. I thought they had a bye. There you go, they're on tonight. Praise God, Lord, be with Patrick Mahomes in Jesus' name. <laughs> just sorry, he rebukes that prayer. Lord, we need agreement in this house. And so, the, the, the apostles come and they're just rejoicing, like they did cool stuff. And no doubt, they want to have a time of of solace. In fact, that's what we see. Jesus wanted them to withdraw by themselves for a time of refreshment. How many are thankful that Jesus doesn't just treat us like output missional robots? He understands we get tired. Amen. He understands. Like He understands we're not human doings. We're human, help me out, human beings. And so they go, they're excited about their ministry, that God like did cool stuff, that Jesus, his word was powerful. And they come back and they, the scriptures and the other gospels as well, in Mark's version especially, it implies that they were trying to get a withdrawal. But then the crowds found out about it. Come on, who's ever tried to rest, but then life snuck up on you? It just feels like 2022, like when is January going to be over? And I don't wish that on any of you who are having a great January. Let it drag on. But for many of our spiritual family, we're like, uncle, we're tapping out. And then worse, the crowds hear about this miracle working bunch, especially Jesus, and they follow the follow the disciples to where they are. And then there's three things, and I want to speak this uh, uh, powerfully over you. If you feel weary and you're like, gosh, I'm those disciples, I'm tired. Three things that I pray you would experience right now. Look at these. Look at the words that they're in sequence. He welcomed them. Everyone say welcome. He spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed healing. How many are thankful today? The disciples, no doubt, are looking for a place of of rest. Jesus, because he's this, yes, he's a human being as well, and yes, he had life-giving rhythms, but when he saw the crowds and realized maybe his disciples were a little bit spent, he still welcomed, he still spoke, and he still healed. And I want you to hear those gospel words today. Whether you are, like I said, soaring on cloud nine or you feel like you're just the valley and the shadow just keeps lengthening. You are welcomed into the restoring, refreshing arms of Jesus Christ this morning. How many are thankful that Christ welcomes us in our weariness, in our sickness, in our hunger, in our aches and in our pains? How many are thankful that we are welcomed into the very arms of Jesus. Right now, whatever your condition, he calls you and draws you in a, in, a, in, a, in a posture of hospitality and welcome. And so I just pray right now, you would experience the welcome of God. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're feeling. And then number two, he spoke to them. I don't know about you, I, I, when I'm sick or, or Going through a difficult time. Does anyone else besides me? I don't really feel like talking. Anyone know what I mean? You just get kind of prickly. Am I the only one? Comal City say prickly, spiky. When you're kind of like, Ew, don't talk to me. I don't. I'm sick. Leave me alone. Come on. Anyone when they're stressed, you don't want to be asked a thousand questions. Praise God that whatever we're facing, we're welcomed. And then Jesus, unlike us and our grumpiness and weariness. He never stops speaking life giving words of hope and peace. So those two things you're welcomed, whatever you're facing through Jesus Christ, you're welcomed in and then whether or not you feel like speaking, whether or not you feel like you have gas in your tank, whether or not you feel like, you know, the next step forward or whether you're just even in the valley of Lord, when is this pain or this difficulty, this trial going to end? Jesus, even now, it says in Hebrews 12, he's still speaking from his throne. And I want you to know that the words Jesus speaks. They always lead to life. Amen. It says in John chapter 12, verse 45 through 50, that every word Jesus speaks has life attached to it because he only speaks what's coming from the father. So I pray you would hear the voice of God, even in your difficulty, whatever you're facing, you'd know that you're welcomed and that you would begin to have ears to hear the life-giving, restorative words of Jesus. And then number three, maybe my favorite. He healed those who needed healing. Raise your hand if you know someone who needs healing right now. Many, many hands are raised. Jesus not only welcomes, which is amazing, he not only speaks about the kingdom of God, what life looks like when God is reigning and ruling and his will is actively being done on the earth as it is in heaven. His words and his welcome have power to transform our situation. Jesus's words carry the weight of heaven behind them. To bring that which is out of alignment or out of agreement with the will and purpose of God. So say those three words with me again. He welcomes, he speaks, and he heals. One more time. He welcomes, he speaks, and he heals. And in many ways, we're, we're always in one of those three phases. Amen. Amen. Fighting a bout of loneliness or discouragement. Am I the only one that's fought that this week? Just a little? Nobody? He welcomes us. Feeling a little bit overwhelmed, like I don't know which way to go. He speaks a word to us. Amen? How many have ever needed direction, for wisdom, insight for a path to go? He not only welcomes, you belong. You're not alone. I'm with you. He then speaks And then, or you're in a place of the third need. You need healing. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. And I want you to know that at the center of all of those, the welcome, the speaking, or the healing, Jesus has what you need today. Amen? Do we believe that? Can we open our hearts to receive the provision that God has made through his son, Jesus. So I pray, I just want to pause right there. Whether it's a deep sense of loneliness or isolation. Respond to the invitation to be welcomed in by the grace of God. Maybe it's that you feel discouraged because you don't know what you haven't heard his voice all year because you've been it's been difficult. It's been cloudy or confusing. I pray right now, Jesus, I can't even count how many times in Luke's gospel alone. He's like to those that have ears that hear to those that have ears that hear to you who are listening to you who are listening and maybe just pray this simple prayer right now. Jesus, I need ears to hear your word and your voice. Or maybe you're in the third category or camp of people and you just need him to touch your life. Like I said, physically, spiritually, emotionally. I know some even in our own church are looking for, for new, a, a, a place to call home, a, a literal place to live and for jobs. And, and you need Jesus's powerful word to affect transformation in your life. You're welcomed. You can hear his voice because he's a good shepherd and you're his sheep. And his power has not diminished, not an, not an ounce from when he walked the earth to where he reigns in heaven right now. Say that with me. I'm welcomed. I can hear his words and I can receive his power right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. So that's thought number one. Can I move on? We're welcomed, he speaks, and he heals. How many think that that's worth uh, the price of admission so far? It goes on, and this, this is the Lord just began to unfold this whole storyline to me as I think about our people and the, the, what pe- various people are facing. Going on in verse 12, look at this. Late in the afternoon, The twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away (laughs) so that they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging, because we are in a remote place here. He replied, You give them something to eat. They answered, We have only five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for all of this crowd because there were about 5,000 men who were there. And in many ways, here's story number two and I'll just make a few comments. This whole year, for many of us, has felt like it's been one long late in the afternoon. Can I get an amen? Where it's like, you don't really have plans for dinner. You're tired, you're like, I wanted to like turn the calendar year and just like hit the ground running. I wanted to lose the weight, read the Bible in a year. I wanted to, you know, work out these these goals and these these family uh, ag- you know agendas. I wanted to, you know, crush it that first quarter, and, but you've been out of work and in many ways it feels like all of 2022 has been it's late in the afternoon. Just give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And you just wish, just send the crowds away, send the needs away. I don't want to hear about what's happening in America, the government, Omicron. I don't want to hear about the drama of my family and my sibling, like my, my sister's marriage has falling apart. I don't, do I really have to take care of my sniffling kid? You know what I'm saying where you're just like, send them away. Am I the only one? I'm the only one, obviously. The whole year has felt like it's been late in the afternoon, And in many ways, we, we try to find relief from the pressing needs. But I feel I feel like God has given us some strategy here. This is story number two, and I'm just going to make a few comments on the principles. A few things need to be acknowledged, not in guilt and shame, but acknowledged and then overcome by faith. Come on. How many know there is victory in faith? Amen. There's victory. There's a victory that has overcome the world in all of its adversity and trials. It's the faith that trusts in spite of circumstances. Number one, what we see here is an attitude that many of us can manifest, if we're honest, on a good day. Is we're happy to be one of Jesus's insiders, disciples, disciples. And we're content or indifferent to the crowds. Lord, just send them away. How many need Jesus to bring victory to your indifference, to my indifference? <laughs> How do we know they fought this, this attitude? Just send them away. Everyone say that. Send them away. They can go and get food themselves. In many ways, suffering, difficulty, trials, your, own, your own chaos of your own heart and mind, it can... It can we can get this film or this layer of indifference. And Jesus doesn't want us to be indifferent. He wants us to be aware and to share his heart for those things that are going on in us and around us. Can we say amen? And so the first hurdle I see in this story, no matter the reason why, but we can build up a spirit of indifference to the needs around us because there's so many. How many would say, Chatty, I have fought that just being indifferent, apathetic. I just want everything to go away. And how many know, if it doesn't all go away, we need a new strategy, or we'll not know how to go forward. (laughs) Number two, if it's not the indifference, just send them away. We're your disciples, let them go worry about themselves. Number two, the scope of the needs around us will begin to think it's impossible to move forward. This is where millions are are struggling with this idea of it. It just feels impossible. The mandates, the difficulty at my job, my my, my marriage. It just feels impossible. The needs are too great. So if I'm not indifferent, I'm gutted or I'm I'm in a prison cell of it just is impossible. Indifference and impossibility. Am I talking to anybody? It just feels impossible. There's no hope. How are we going to move forward? And if you don't like those two eyes, indifference and impossibility, here's the third one. Our deep sense of inadequacy. Jesus says, you give them something. How many have ever felt, maybe you feel inadequate right now, raise your hand, of the needs and the things that Christ is calling you into right now? Whether it's caring for a family member, a loved one or, 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 or showing up with a, a, a full heart at work or whatever it is, if it's not indifference or powerless and impossibility, then we, we realize, oh, my gosh, I, I'm inadequate. I don't think I have what it takes. Has anyone ever struggled with a sense of inadequacy? Jesus says, you give them something and you're like, dude, all I got is five loaves and two fish. And then lastly, I see these as a sequence. Indifference, impossibility, inadequacy. And then the last one, we then just live out of an imminent frame or or we live like everyone else does where all that there is is all that we see with our eyes, a materialistic worldview. These disciples see the massive needs around them, 5,000 men plus women and children, and they're like, well, we better go buy food. They're only thinking through natural solutions. They forget that they're serving the supernatural king of the everlasting kingdom. So in indifference, it's impossible. The crowd's too big, the needs are too great. I'm inadequate, I've only got five loaves and two fish. Go feed them, where are we gonna go buy all the food? They're living out of a materialistic, not a kingdom mindset, but they think that they're gonna be able to solve the solutions that Jesus is calling them to go participate in his kingdom. And how many have ever been there? You thought it was by the arm of flesh that you were gonna bring about the victory of God. Does this make sense? Help me, I know there's only a few of us in here. Indifference, it's impossible, I'm inadequate, imminent frame all that there is is what we can conjure up in our own strength and how many have ever found that that well gets dry real quick when it's your own strength and your own grit your own faithfulness all four of those things we don't feel guilty about we acknowledge and we say come holy spirit give us your perspective amen so look what he says I don't know how to move forward. That's the point of this story. The needs are too great. Indifference, impossibilities, inadequacy, and imminent frame, all that there is is we gotta go buy food. We gotta solve this problem by merely materialistic means. And I want you to know that is not the way the kingdom of God works. Verse 14, but he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. And then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. Verse 17, hear this. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. How many are thankful for the way the story ends? Chatty, we've heard the Loaves and Fishes sermon from other pastors and churches. I probably even preached it at some way, shape or form, but I believe it's a word for today. Many of us wish we could just make the crowds go away. And by crowds, I just mean the needs and difficulties of life. Can everyone just agree on that? Just send it away, is there, can I just, I'm sick of it, like uncle, like can, now there's a tsunami for crying out i just saw that on the news like on the west coast like thank you news for encouraging my heart right just send them away and so i'm telling you this is not just about feeding the crowds it's an it's an attitude that we can pick up especially when it gets tough we're indifferent it's impossible we're inadequate and we just settle for a secular imminent worldview where all that there is is all that we can see with our human eyes. This is where all of us live in one way, shape or form. But Jesus is right in the middle of it and he's bothering us with his kingdom worldview. He's bothering us with, there, there's more that's happening here. If the crowds can't just go away, come on somebody, if there's still going to be trials when you wake up tomorrow, if there's still going to be difficulties and opposition, hello, we're in a war. The enemy's defeated, but his, 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 his uh, eternal de- demise and des- destination has not happened yet. So he's fighting to discourage, to bring sickness, to bring division, to bring depression. We're in a fight. So if... if if it's not possible to live in a Petri dish or a greenhouse where all is peachy all the time, we've got to get a new strategy. Someone say that with me. We've got to get a new strategy to move forward. And I think we see it here. So well, how, do, how do we break it down? How do, I, how do I get out of my indifference, out of my, my sense of being, it's just impossible. I'm overwhelmed. I can't move forward. And then he still tells us, no, I have a plan for you in the midst of this, and I'm, in, I'm inadequate, I can't do it. And then, but God, I, I don't have what it takes, so we just look at what we have. But look with the, how the story ends. Number two, break it down. I'm sorry, number one, break it down. Everyone say, break it down. Many of us, if we're honest, when we get into that place and mindset of impossibility and discouragement and depression, it's when we live up here in the swirl of a thousand thoughts. But Jesus wants us to order our thoughts and pattern our hearts in step with what he's doing. So how many have ever felt a, a fresh wind of the grace of God when you broke down the massive into incremental pieces how many would say that that's in many ways when you're when you're struggling and you're in a season of difficulty, it doesn't do all that good to stay up here in the swirl of, of, of the craziness and the chaos. But the Lord's like, break them down, sit them down in 50 each. And how many want God to right now help you order your heart and your thoughts into order of what God sees? Can you say Amen. And so he helps them break down the massive needs and assignments and difficulties, have them sit down in these manageable pieces. How many believe that the Holy Spirit can help us break it down? Number two, how do I move forward in the midst of impossibilities and difficulties? Bring what you do have and put it into the hands of Jesus. And stop living out of what you don't have. How many believe you always have agency or the ability to bring to Jesus what you do have? You always have that within your power, whether you're sick, whether you're going through difficulties, you can always bring what you got before Jesus. And we all said hallelujah. But many of us think what I have isn't all that useful. He wouldn't want it. Because many of us, all we feel that we have is emptiness or brokenness or inadequacy. Can we just say amen? But I'm so thankful that Jesus takes what we bring. And he's able to bless it and use it for his purposes. Amen? Amen. And so he takes the five loaves and two fish. He doesn't say, man, your guys' offering is really small and, and pathetic. Come on, somebody. Even if you feel like, Chatty, I have nothing to give. Perfect. Give that. Chad, I don't know. I, I, like, really offer? Couldn't Jesus use somebody else offering? Bring your loaves and fishes, whatever your assignment is right now, whatever the challenges and difficulties, and just yield them up to Jesus Christ. Then number three, we see a strategy here for how we can move forward in the midst of the chaos and difficulty. When Jesus receives the offering of the disciples after they break down the massive problems, 50 each, he then looks up to heaven. Everyone say he looks up to heaven. And I don't know about you, when I'm going through difficulty, when when, when I'm facing various challenges, My prayer life gets kind of simple. Come on. Someone said it in the crowd. Help. Come on, say that with me. Help. Chad, how often am I allowed to pray that form of prayer? As often as you like, sister or brother. Come on. Whatever assignment God has for you, caring for a spouse, a loved one, a parent, school, work, it doesn't matter. Give what you got, put it into Jesus's hands. Stop letting what you don't have stop you from moving forward in the grace of God. Number two, look up and your prayer doesn't have to be long. The point is that you pray and you look up for power and provision from above and you don't rely on yourself. He looked up and he gave thanks. And then he broke and then he gave it to the disciples distributing the life-giving bread. And at the end of the day, friends, whatever you're facing and you're walking through today, Jesus has the capacity to satisfy the needs. Jesus alone has the capacity to meet the various things that are weighing on your plate. When you look up, God-reliant prayer, help, I surrender, I give it to you, Jesus. And you say, Chatty, that's the only prayer I have. Well, praise God, then pray that prayer. How often am I allowed to pray it? As long as you need to pray it. The beautiful principle of this story is that Jesus is the one who can take our weak offerings and turn it around to transform the lives of those around us. How many would just say, Chad, I, I need to receive a new kingdom vision for what I'm facing in my life right now? Instead of inadequacy, impossibility, just God, I want to give what I, ha- I want to give who I am and what I have to you. I want to just live that posture of prayer. Lord, help. Here it is. I give you thanks. It doesn't feel like much. But Lord, will you just take my offering and will you empower it and transform it so that it brings life to those around me? And I love the gospel account. There's not just enough for the needs of those that they're serving. Come on, somebody. There were basketfuls left over. And someone needs to hear that word. You're exhausted, you're weary, you're tired from the needs that you've been giving yourself to. And I want you to know today, Jesus has a basket of bread for you. Come on. There's enough, not just for the needs around you, there's enough of him to meet your needs today. Amen. Last story. The disciples come back, he, the, the next chapter, I'm not gonna read it because we're out of time. He sends out the 72. Now it's not just 12, there's 72 who go out, same ministry, same ministry. They heal the sick, they preach the good news. Some are received, some are rejected. They come home, they start celebrating. The demons submit to us in your name. This is awesome. How many would celebrate if you were able to see, and you are, by the way, you have the same authority, to cast out demons in the name of Jesus? They come home, and they're super stoked. Woo, we did what you sent us to do. But Jesus says this. It's almost like he's a killjoy. And Jesus is not a killjoy. Jesus loves joy, amen. He's the master of the banquet, and he's serving the new wine of his kingdom, and he's got He's got a feast for us. But they returned with joy, and they said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus is like, guys, this is the last story, and I'm done. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, and I've given you authority to trample, Luke 10, 18 and 19, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy, Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And here's what I think. Chapter 9, he welcomes, he speaks, and he heals. Everyone say amen. That was story number one. Number two, give what you got. Put it into the hands of Jesus. God, here it is. It feels weak. Break it down and let Jesus feed the masses around you, and he has a basket of bread for you too. Number three, whatever you find yourself doing with Jesus and for Jesus, at the end of the day, the greatest news that you can boast in is that your name is written in heaven. Amen. Come on. I see this. It's so awesome. Jesus isn't telling them, don't be excited. Like, it's, not, it's okay to be excited that you ministered. But if you read the passage, when they went out, some people received them. Everyone say receive their ministry. And some people rejected. Say Rejected their ministry. And so what Jesus is doing, he's not saying, hey, don't be excited about being my minister. He's just saying, if you tie your joy, your identity, your worth and significance based on the fruit or the effect of your ministry, it will be a sliding scale of joy. Come on, somebody say amen. Because he says, because the reality is many of us know what it is to be received and many of us know what it is to be rejected. And Jesus is saying, what I love about Luke 10, he says that to those that received the ministry, tell them what? The kingdom of God has come near. Hello. To those who rejected the ministry, same message. Tell them the kingdom of God came near. I was doing the will of God. The kingdom was coming with me. Everywhere at my heart was saying yes to his will. It's not, say this with me, it's not my responsibility. Come on. How they respond. Oh, that should give someone hope today. My responsibility is to simply and humbly obey God. That's, the, that's what I see in this third story. I told you they're all related, but they're sequential. So no matter what you're doing this week, no matter what your assignment is, the responsibility is for you to obey and just, just say yes to doing your part. His responsibility is to bring about the transformation and change. Your responsibility at the end of the day is to simply and humbly obey and then to rejoice that you can't even believe your name is written in heaven, that you belong to God. Jesus is not a killjoy. Jesus is not saying it's not okay to celebrate ministry. Amen? It's okay. He's just giving them a principle to guard their heart and to guide their life. If you... Tie your fruitfulness and identity and sense of worth and value to what you see as the result of your efforts. Some days you're going to be discouraged. Can I get an amen? Because sometimes you don't see nothing. Many of you are like, when am I going to see something? It's like the middle of January. Jesus says, let me give you the, the cause for ultimate rejoicing. And you can rejoice in this any day, any, any week. Any hour, if you know me and you've put your trust in me, your name is written in heaven. And he's saying that's what you should rejoice in. So maybe you're suffering, maybe you've had COVID, maybe you're tired, maybe you're weary in this room or online. Let me tell you, there's at least something you can rejoice in today. If you belong to Christ, your name is written in heaven. And nothing and no one can separate you from his love, and no one has the authority to erase that name out of the book of life that Christ has written it in. You belong to Christ. This is our cause for rejoicing. We're welcomed. Everyone say it. This is a summary of the three stories. We're welcomed. We can receive his, his life-giving words And we can receive his healing. That was story number one. How many are happy? Number two, we can overcome our indifference, the sense of it's impossible, our inadequacy, and living within just the imminent materialistic frame. By the grace of God, we can break it down into smaller pieces. We can give Jesus what we have instead of making excuses for what we don't have. We can look up to heaven and give thanks and live a God-reliant, prayerful lifestyle, even in our weakness, come on. And then we can trust that Jesus has the ability to serve the living bread. And he's got enough and a basket left over for you and for me. And then story number three, the point is, whether you're received or rejected, weary or well-fed or well-off, if your name is written in heaven, then you have something to celebrate today no matter what you feel or face. How many love the gospel? This is, all, this is just what Jesus spoke to me this week, okay? And so I'm just speaking what he spoke to me, to you, to us. So will you stand on your feet? And again, you can download those notes. I think they're worth revisiting how many feel encouraged by the gospel this, after, this morning? I'm so used to people shouting amen, so I'm just, I'm a little bit insecure, okay? I'm aware of my inadequacy up here, so get over it. So just put your hand on your heart. It's so funny because all you, all you can do is give your bread. This is the bread Jesus gave me. I'm f- serving it to you, I don't, and I'm hoping that it, it hits somebody. And just open up your heart right now to the grace of God. Even if you're online and it feels cheesy, put your hand on your heart. What I see in all three of these stories is that Jesus has us covered from every angle. Amen. (laughs) Come on. Either you're the wandering crowd looking for bread, whether you're the weary disciple who just got done on a ministry assignment and you're looking for a place to rest, but the needs of life press around you, or... You're you're in a season of discouragement because you feel rejected, but yet he's reminded you your name's written in heaven. Jesus has you covered, amen. Say that with me, Jesus has me covered. No, say it with me, Jesus has me covered. So God, I pray as our hands are over our hearts that we would just be recipients of your life-giving love right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would empower us Whatever story we find ourselves in today, the first one, the second one, third, or a little bit of all three, I pray, Jesus, that you would feed us, heal us, speak your words of comfort and life, bring healing to those places and people that need healing right now, God. And then more than anything, I pray that right now we would know what it is to rejoice that our names are written in heaven. And so just pray that prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I receive your love. I receive your grace. And I receive your mercy. I repent and turn from my sin. I receive your forgiveness. And I receive newness of life. All of this I receive by faith in you. By faith my name is written in heaven, as I trust in you alone. In Jesus mighty name, amen and amen. I love you guys. Bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. He is worthy. He is worthy.